podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A warm welcome to Powered4.tv, Big Fight Weekly, episode 39, your weekly fix of MMA and boxing and everything else in between, Chris, with my co-host and co-host, Chris Hume, and myself, Stuart Palmer. How are we, Chris? Bit later than normal, bit later than normal, mate, with the show this week. My fault, really, isn't it? All the buses here in North Wales, or Wales as a whole, going uh, on strike, wasn't it? So I've had to work a bit longer than normal. So today is where we're doing it, mate. Absolutely. And uh, I think without further ado, Chris, because it was last weekend's main event, another fight of the year candidate in the UFC in MMA, as Max Holloway and Yaya Rodriguez went to war as we predicted it would be last week, Chris. And as you put in the uh, head in there, the headline, potential fight of the year, isn't it, Chris? No question of that. Yeah, you know what? Um, going into this fight, I, you know I mean? I said about the, the trickery of uh, Yaya Rodriguez, you know, because as you saw the fight, he throws kicks that he doesn't set them up, but he throws kicks and you don't see it coming. And it, it catches people out. And he caught um, Holloway a lot with those kicks, you know, really early on in the fight. I know he's going for that leg kick as well and that calf kick. And he sort of really sort of put a lot of pressure on um, Max Holloway's leg. But to be fair, though, throughout that fight, Stuart, Max Holloway, took so many punches and just ate them and kept coming forward. I, I, he showed so much heart in that fight because a lot of fighters could have taken the punishment he did in the first two rounds when Yair looked like he was on top and would have crumbled. But Max Holloway, I mean, just proves how much of an elite fighter he is. And, you know, what I you know, Volkanovski said he's not a GOAT because he's not the champion, but I still class Max Holloway in the GOAT discussion. Because the things he's done, you know, the output he threw uh, in this fight was was over 3,000 strikes. You tell me, well, you know, 3,000 is a hole in his whole, sorry, MMA career. You tell me who else has done that. Nobody. Next person after that is Jules St-Pierre with 2,000 strikes throughout his whole UFC, you know, career. Max Holloway's a beast, um, you know, and he did get peppered a lot more in this fight than I think he's done in a lot of fights. Yeah, I don't think even Volkanovski really touched up Max Holloway as much as Jair Rodriguez did. But uh, Max Holloway has just got that output. It's a constant output. And, um, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people might think, oh, well, this fight was close. It was close, but mm-hmm. Max Holloway's output still was more than what Rodriguez was doing. Rodriguez was hitting those big shots, those big kicks, those big calf kicks. And obviously when they were engaging, he was hitting some of those really good, you know, some really good strikes. But Max Holloway's output consistency changing the game throughout the fight you know he knew that the striking wasn't you know was probably a bit closer than he would have wanted started utilizing the takedowns tried you know going for submissions which we don't normally see you know with max holloway do the last couple of fights well i would say the last five or six fights he stood up and he's he's beaten everybody with his striking and his output because you know i mean the combinations he puts up the head movement that the feet movement it's just it's so far superior than most fighters he can to come against him. Yeah, you know, a hell of a lot throughout this fight. I can't get over it. I know Holloway's always been known for his chin. I cannot get over it. You know, you're saying about how many shots he got hit with, you know. The elbows as well, you know, uh, they were spiteful from Yair Rodriguez, as to be expected. Yeah. As as I put to you last week, there was no there was no rust on Rodriguez whatsoever, considering how long it's been since he's last Two years, ball. yeah. You, years, you, did, you said when I put it to you last week, you said that won't be a fact that he'd be game. And uh, he didn't look out of place, did he, considering Holloway's been more active. 
and you know it it was uh, what a what a fight and you know we knew we knew prior didn't we we knew prior that it was going to be and i think it delivered and some didn't it because of the the amount of damage both guys took but yeah. going going to the scorecards chris again I, we question the scorecards week in week out don't we uh, the, the, yeah it's always a big talking point across the media, especially the MMA media. 49-46, where's he getting that from? He with with the other two judges. Why Why is that other judge scored it 49-46? What's he seen different? He might have you... seen, maybe, sorry Stuart, uh, in a couple of rounds, not a couple of rounds, sorry, uh, I think it was it round four. Uh, Max took, uh, I think it was round four. Um, Max put him to, or cut, took him down, didn't he? And it was a lot of the fight was with Max in control. As much as Yair was really good at scrambling, getting himself out of the submissions. Uh, you know, uh, one point Max had the arm had an arm choke up against the fence, but um, Yair was fantastic at turning his body and, and and obviously putting the weight on Max's arm, so Max had to pull it out. Uh, but Max was on top quite a lot and uh, probably utilised the ground game. I know that Yair went for a few takedowns and he did get a couple, but Max always popped straight back up. When Max took Yair down, he did to keep him down. So maybe the judge is looking at the situation where Max kept him on the ground a bit longer. Than, um, and but you know with these judges, did they one one or two? You can think, okay, that's good. But then there's always one of them that you know scores wildly. Like in the last uh, the last week's uh, two sixty eight with Usman and Covington and Nami Yunus and Zhang, and and you saw yourself the judging was you know really out of place with especially with the scoring of it. It's uh, it's it's always you know, that's it's what what they say, isn't it? In the day, you know, and you can't make it. You can make a case if you, as you've said, with his ground control there when he needed to do that. But yeah, look looking ahead, Chris, it's it's got to be Holloway and Volkanovski again, hasn't it? Has to be. But what about firstly? What about Yai Rodriguez? Who would you like to see him come up against? Let's go with Yai first. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the division is. It, 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 I'll, I'll bring it up for you, Stu. As you can see, obviously, Volkanovski's number one because he will be because he's the UFC featherweight champion. Obviously, Max is below him because Max Holloway's beaten everybody else bar Volkanovski. Obviously, AJ McNee's newly crowned featherweight champion in, US, in Bellator, but he's very highly touted in Bellator. Um, Patricia Ferrer as well, who lost to AJ McNee, um, also a very good um, featherweight, but it's ignoring that. It's a person issue I'm highlighting just above. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's facing Calvin Cater next, as you can see on the yeah. further right. But he um, he's fantastic. Looked really, really good against Edwin Barboza. You know, he's got horrible leg kicks, horrible back, uh, spinning back kicks as a Klikadzi. But that be, could be a potential, potential one. But I feel like uh, if, if Gagir was to beat Calvin Cater, he could be next in line for the winner of maybe Holloway Volkanovski. Um, it's hard because everyone around the Yair is actually on a on a, on a loss. I don't want to throw Arnold Allen in there. No, I'm not sure he's ready for Yair Rodriguez he's, yet. He's in he's in the periphery there though, Arnold. To be fair, he's yeah. he's in and around a bit. A few more fights maybe yeah, until he's yeah. We don't want to rush him, but yeah, hopefully. Korean Zombie, I think, is a good shot for Arnold Allen next person. Yeah, there's. Yeah. It, Maybe a how you go actually. Maybe we do a Yaya Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. They're both coming off losses. Obviously, one coming off the against Volkanovski, the other one coming off Max Holloway. Actually, makes sense. They both they both lost to the champion and uh, ranked one uh, first in the rankings for featherweight. So maybe we could go with um, a Yaya Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. 
that could be okay. quite an interesting match to put together. Abs absolutely, yeah. That that's where it could be Brian Ortega, it could be Chikadze, you know, Korean Zombie in the round there as well. So yeah, Chris, I think we should go to the clip in the ambulance with both fighters yeah. going back going back to Mr. Holloway and Rodriguez. And this is what it's all about after the fight. The show of respect. And this was lovely to see. So roll the VT, please, Chris. Fight World exclusive there. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Did you uh, see the picture of Yaya Rodriguez's foot after that? I fight? haven't. Yeah. I haven't actually. Was it uh, mangled? Just think of someone opened up like there's a layer of skin in your foot, right? Blown up a balloon and stuck it inside, and it's well, it looked to me like it was broken. It was like it was huge, swollen, uh, like purple as hell. Um, but you did throw a lot of leg kicks, so absolutely. And, and, yeah. and Holloway did check quite a few of them as well as as well as getting hit by them. So yeah, um, what an interesting fight! I got to put this to you actually before we move on and we go to this weekend's. Um, we'll stay on topic with Rodriguez and Holloway, mainly now Holloway. Okay, so he's obviously going to fight Paul Konofsky next. My issue here, and I'm going to ask you this: Should he fight Volkanovski next? Or should he go up a weighted division? Well, because, you know, if, if he faces Volkanovski next and he loses he, and Volkanovski remains champion, Stuart, where does he go? Exactly. And I have thought about this as well. And, you know, he's dipped his dipped his feet into 155 as Holloway. Uh, and, you know, it, with it being 2-0 and and they're going into a third, you know, a lot of times, nine times out of ten, the third fight in, in a trilogy, they're 1-1 one and one normally, aren't they? You know, nine mm -hmm. times out of ten. Nine times out yeah. of ten. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... Like it's 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 um it's hard to see, mate. If it, if it becomes free, you know, which he's beaten him twice already, you know, it might be a mental game. Now I I'm with you actually. I think one fifty five. It might he might have to, but then it's full of killers. <laughs> but he has dipped his toes. You can not take that away from Holloway. You know, he has he has gone up to one fifty five. Yeah, and um, you know. I think he does get overlooked sometimes, Chris. I think some people think, oh, you know, he lost twice to him. But he's been he's been fantastic. He's been an absolute fantastic... Another patron in the UFC. Yeah. And for a, a long time, should I forget that? Because he's been there in his 20s. And he's been, you know, throughout the 20s in the UFC. And to the best of my knowledge, there's never any beef. I, I Unless you can remember if there's been any bad words. It seems not, to always not be like everyone, everyone's respectful. Of him, there's never been any bad blood, does I think a lot of the guys, you know, he's come up against. There's a there's a mad respect for him, but yeah, I think 155 rather than taking Volkanovski on because I can only see Volkanovski beating him. But there again, the lightweight division, it's it's going to pose its problems as well because you've got natural 155ers in there, and we know what the fact is. But I think though, you look at the the, the 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 size of Max Holloway, he could fill into 155. You don't forget he's only 28 as well, so he's still yeah. really young this, in the game. This is what we forget. This is what we forget because he's been around, you know, from very young. Yeah, 28, Chris. Sorry. Um, my thing is, I I I I agree with you what you're saying about him moving up. Would you Would you say now is right? You could fake face Volkanovski now, right, and then. Okay, that's it. If you lose, because unless he, you know, nope, I'll get my words out. You're not going to get a four fight because we rarely see four fights between two fighters, right? So he's going to have to go up to 155, isn't he? If he loses to Volkanovski, why not go up to 155 instead of facing Volkanovski, all right? And then you've got that in your back pocket. Say if it doesn't go so well at 155, you could drop back down to 145, and you know, and then obviously take that opportunity to face Volkanovski. 
But as you say, 155 is full of killers and it's full of, you know. He's not scared of no one. He's not scared of no man. He won't look at it like that. The way he's a fighter, you know, he 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 will take on all challenges, won't he? But you and know, look, actually, unless Stuart, actually, this one works out perfectly. It just popped in my head. Why not we do a Max Holloway versus Conor McGregor two at one fifty five? Yeah, yeah, that's a bit because yeah. they both had a both had a bit of shit against each other the last couple of days because uh, Max says he's the best boxer in the UFC. Conor obviously thinks he's the best boxer. Um, Dustin Poirier seems to think uh, Petty Ann's the best boxer in UFC, which is quite a good shout, to be honest with you. Um, but Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway too actually is not a it's a win win for Max Holloway. And I think he I think he completely beats Conor McGregor now. Oh no question, no question at all. Totally different times now. He's remained active. Conor in and out, as we've always said. Yeah, he, he would be favourite. There's no two ways about it. Do you know what, Chris? 19-6 and six in the UFC now, Max Holloway. Which And he's took on all comers, hasn't he? He's took, took on mm. the elite of the elite, as we've said. What a, what a record that is. You know, you look at that on paper. And then, you know, 23-6 and six total. That's quite quite the resume, isn't it, within UFC? And I'm sure, I'm sure he will get into the Hall of Fame in years to come. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. You know, listen, you can't throw that many strikes and be on top of the striking, you know, percentages in UFC over everybody, past and present, and, and you know, and, and not get that call to, to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The, the, the exciting times for Max Holloway, he's got a lot of doors he can open here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope he, he looks at it instead of jumping straight at Volkanovski. As much mm-hmm. as I think he thinks he can beat Volkanovski, Volkanovski, I think, is just getting better and better. And I think sometimes a certain fighters have your number. And I think Volkanovski has Max Holloway's number. Can unfortunately I, can for Max Holloway. I be honest? I think Chikadze is the one with Volkanovski further down the line. I, I'm going to put. I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it out there. I know he's got to get up the rankings a little bit more. I think that he could be the kryptonite. But we know how well Volkanovski's been. There's no question. That's he speed, can adapt. He, he adapts to people. He's he's like he's an bloody you know so just his build and all that is it he's 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 amazing he's amazing but Chris I think we've got to move on to fight night yeah, Misha, yeah, Misha, Misha Tate who retired Misha? in twenty Misha Tate yeah yeah right okay sorry yeah Misha Tate who retired in twenty sixteen Chris she's had a fight since this it'll be a second outing since retirement but Vieira yeah. on the flip side Chris. One and two in her last three. Um, and I've been also reading up a little bit. Vieira's takedown defence is 93%. However, striking accuracy of 37%. So that tells its own story. Because I had to do a bit of background on Vieira. But yeah, I'm going to give uh, the floor the floor to you on this one. See what you think. Um, to be honest with you, um, I think this fight's quite well set up for Misha Tate. Um, Vieira's... Um, more of a grappler, and I think obviously Misha Tate's more of a, a grappler. They like to take their fight their, their opponents down, beat them up, and submit them that way. So I feel like it's going to be like quite stalemate with the striking because I don't think particularly either of them are very good at the striking um, sort of side of things. But I think Misha Tate's got more about her, and it says a lot to me when a fighter's been out for two years, like Misha Tate had a baby, hasn't done any sort of mixed martial arts training in those two years, really, of note, and comes back in still better than the current crop of fighters. It, it, it makes me wonder, obviously, Amanda Nunes is queen. She sits at the top of this, and obviously Amanda Nunes 
was the one that took the title off Mr. Tate at UFC 200 and did it quite with ease. Um, I think this fight sets up quite well for Mr. Tate. I think Caitlin Vieira, um, she gasses quite a lot towards the end. Like the last couple of fights, um, I can bring it up now actually, and I'll um, I will show you. I pick up the right one. Um, well, I'll show you Caitlin Vieira's last opponents, and then I'll I'll, I'll break it down for you that way because I think it makes more sense then. Absolutely right. Okay, right, Chris. Irene Aldana, the loss to her. I can remember that. Yeah, actually, um, Irene Aldana though, to be fair has knockout power and she knocked out I can't remember who she fought last and knocked them out as well. Actually, sorry. Yaina Kitsu's guy, um who um Vieira lost last to, uh, Aldana knocked her out recently. So it says a lot there. Um but in these fights here that she's lost, um Katsun Garnu, um yeah. all those time ago before Katsungarnu went to Bellator. Katsungarnu in the third round was absolutely destroying Vieira at the end because she gassed. Um, but yeah, I, I just think this is a, a nice fight set up for Misha Tate because I think Misha Tate has got that experience and the championship experience. Absolutely. She's been in there with mm-hmm. the best, you know, the Amanda Nunes is the Ronda Rousey's. She Holly. knows that pressure. Holly home as well, wasn't it? Yes. And she beat Holly home for that title. So that yeah. last draw rear naked choke. Um, I just think I think this is tailor made for Misha Tate. I think she can do. Do you agree with her coming back? Obviously, she had the baby. Uh, how do you feel about you know she was away for a significant amount of time? You know, two years, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 What? What? How do you think? Do you think she's still got enough to offer? You know, being a bit older now, but does that make her wiser? Do you think it is? It was the right decision coming back for her. Yeah, I think so. I think I think with certain fighters, I think it can be that they need to scratch that itch, don't they? Um, okay, she's a lot older than she was. I suppose you know it's two years, isn't it? You're going to age two years. But um, some fighters need to scratch that itch, and I think at the end of the day, she scratched it, and she, I think it would have probably all fallen on that last her first her first fight she had in two years, a couple of months ago, and she looked very very good, um, looked in complete control of that fight, and I think she probably looked at it and thought. I, I, I'm I'm good. I, I'm better than the level of what's currently in the division. Um, I think she'll. I think she beats Caitlin Vieira. I think she'll probably win by decision, and I think it'd be quite easy for her. I think Caitlin Vieira will probably be difficult, maybe in the first round, quarter, maybe the second round. But I think Misha Tate will take over, and she'll use all that experience. And I think she'll come away with the unanimous decision. Um, I know Misha Tate said things about Amanda Nunes, like you know she'd like to get that one back and. She has to be like a sniper with Amanda Nunes. I think you have to be more than a sniper. I think against Amanda Nunes, Stuart, I think you have to be invisible. <laughs> Personally, that's quite um, that's quite the that's quite the quote. We'll probably bring that one up in in uh, months and years to come with this show. Yeah, I like that. I like that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, have you got anything more to add with this before we move on to the co-main, Chris? Anything else? To- uh, no. I think I think we I think we settled that. I, I, like I say, I think um, and a safe bet here would be Misha Tate. I think. Um, she, like I say, it's all that championship experience, all the experience she's had. I think that it just takes her through to the next fight oh, anyway. We look forward to the main event. Returning Misha Tate, second fight since retirement. And moving on to welterweight, Chris. Michael Chiesa, who was a mainstay at lightweight for so long, moved up to welterweight. I've relatively... Uh, 
good success initially, didn't he, at welterweight, Chris, coming up? It, you know, filling up, going going up another £15 seems to be helping him a lot. I know he, I know he lost to Vicente Luque, the trailblazing Vicente Luque, who you are very Currently, fond yeah. as well. Yeah. You're a big fan of Luque, Chris, and, you know, with good reason. But Sean Brady, we've spoke off camera, Chris, in messages and stuff. He, he's known for striking. He's got good Muay Thai as well. And he is, uh, you know, he's undefeated. But uh, I'm I'm veering towards. I think Kiesa. I think Kiesa will get him down. I think to the ground, and his experience will show big big match experience. How are, how are you thinking the co-main will go? And Kiesa Stewart is the underdog in this fight. Is that? Are you happy with that though, or do you think that's unjust? No, because I I think I mean Sean Brady has. Look, I I, I get these hot because he, you know the uh, you know you, you look at what well, I can't remember now. What was he? Let's have a look at this now. I need to sort of re sort of put it back in my head. Here you go. 14 and 0. There we go. I, um, yeah. I think UFC like this sort of thing, don't they? He beat Jake Matthews in this last fight, and I don't think he was very convincing personally. He's another one, I think, sort of tires, you know, throughout the fight. Uh, Michael Chiesa, I think, how he made light, have, lightweight, sorry, is insane, considering how big he looks at Walter Wade Stewart. He must have like, pretty much killed himself, or he died getting to lightweight, because how the hell he did that. I think people sleep on Michael Chiesa. I think, you know, just needs to work on his striking. You know, if, if things aren't going really well on the grappling side, he just needs to sort of work on that. And I, and I think Sente Luque, because he, you know, he wobbled for Sente Luque in that fight before all that weird scramble. That, you know, we had him in a guillotine and it and it changed to a dark stroke to, uh, for Sente Luque in that fight. He was injured, though. He did say he was injured. You can't use that as an excuse, obviously, but it's just one of them. I, I think Sean Brady's, um, as you say, he says he's got power. I haven't really seen this power. People say he's got power. He's okay at standing. You know, he's primarily um, a grappler himself as well. But you're facing someone like Michael Chiesa, I think, who's been around, done it, fought some of the really tough guys in the UFC. But also, it, he's got that hustle, Michael Chiesa, where he can put so much pressure on these these fighters and take them down and take their will. And they break... Um, I like Michael Kayser in this fight. I think people are sleeping on Michael Kayser. I think Michael Kayser can control this fight because I think he beats everybody that Sean Brady's fought and done and do that and done it. I'm sorry and do it quite easily. Um, Sean Brady, people are hot on. I'm not so big on Sean Brady. I haven't yet to see him, you know, sort of prove me. But this is the fight. I suppose mm -hmm. he he can do that and prove me wrong. I I, I like Michael Kayser. I liked him all the way through the Ultimate Fighter. Um, he made the right decision coming up to Walter Waite and he's looked really, really good at Walter Waite. So, yeah, I think Michael Chiesa, Michael Chiesa just going to use that hustle, that experience, to that pressure and I think he gets it done, Stuart. Put your money on uh, Michael Chiesa because we're both going with him. Gamble responsibly though at the same time. <laughs> just a little, just a little cheeky five pounds or maybe five dollars or ten dollars. Something along those lines. You don't need to go mad, but yeah. Hey, Ramel. Hello, Ramel. I bet you're looking forward to the weekend as well because you've got boxing as well as the UFC. And I know he likes both codes. How are you, mate? Hope you're well. It's good to see you, Ramel. Anybody else? No, that's fine. That's fine. I've got two of our domestic fighters coming up in the next two segments. I will start off with Scotland's own, Joanne Calderwood. You know, Ultimate Fighter alumni many, many years ago against Talia Santos, Chris. So, yeah, Joanne Calderwood, fifth in the rankings. Talia Santos. I don't know a bit how you pronounce that. Because it, it... Uh, Tyler. Yeah, it's, it's... Ta Would you pronounce Taylor, it Talia? Taylor. Taylor. 
Taylor, I'd say Tyler, but I love like a Brazilian twang, definitely. We're not probably doing oh, it justice. Oh, like Talia Santos. Sorry yeah. for butchering your name, sorry. I've been taught Talia would be L.I., but I don't know, mate. Cause <laughs> but yeah, she's ranked 10th in the division as well, Chris. And she's a free, free and one. She beat our very own Molly McCann in those three victories as well. Uh, strong with grappling, Chris, so I have seen... But yeah, who who we going with here? Joanne Joanne Calderwood's been around, you know, for a long, long time now. And uh, who who who's winning? Who's winning this one? Let's be honest, right? With uh, Joanna Calderwood, uh, I think she's been very unlucky in, in the losses she's had because I think she beat Lauren Murphy uh, in the fight that Lauren Murphy won on split and got that fight against Shevchenko, and we all know what happened there because Shevchenko's a, a beast. Um, she bought she beat Silvio Savello. She's beaten, I think, pretty much. The top four, but lost by decision. Minus Jennifer Meyer, who she got her arm caught, and she just, I think she's worked on that because she, in a few times in Calderwood, she's got caught in submissions, you know, for, for st- stacking someone in a guard. Um, but I like Calderwood. I think, again, she, like Michael Chiesa, is very underrated because the fights she's lost uh, against these supposedly top mm-hmm. opponents that Shevchenko's beaten after it, I think she's beaten him. Um, I think, her, obviously, again, her striking's fantastic. She, she's very measured with her striking. You know, becoming from Muay Thai champion, she was, you know, in the early days, she sets things up a lot with her kicks, um, especially when she gets them into, the like, a, the Muay Thai grip and she gets them in the plum. Um, she's fantastic in, in, the, in the Muay Thai situations. But um, this uh, Talia Santos, Stuart, you say about Molly McCann, and she's a renowned grappler. Molly McCann, who really hasn't really got much of a, a, a grappling background, she was getting up with these take these takedowns and getting back up on her feet. Okay, Molly McCann lost on decision, but you know if you you've got Calderwood, who's you know been in there and fought some of the best, and you're facing Molly McCann, who's up and coming and she's finding her feet, and she's getting up from your takedowns. What do you think Calderwood's going to do, Stuart? She's going to stop striking, isn't she? Surely she'll, oh, go yeah. bre- she'll go to a bread and butter, won't she? I, I think. I just think she, I think Calderwood's, like I say, underrated. I think she's overlooked as well, personally. So Joanne Calderwood, I think she gets this done, Stuart. And I think um, I think uh, Santos is going to be difficult, maybe in the first round, as long as Calderwood doesn't make silly mistakes in the guard, leaving an arm out or a leg out, like she's done in the past. And she gets us back on the feet. I think she can take apart Santos with the striking, and she can use those kick leg kicks to range for a range, and then pepper with striking. I think she gets this done, Stuart. And I think this, she gets this done by TKO. There we go. Chris has just told you there. That's what the finish will be. So yeah, maybe put some money on that as well. The TKO finish for Joanne Calderwood, mainstay of the UFC, being around. It's like it's another one, Chris. Hmm? Been been there for like eight years now. It's mad to think, isn't it, when she was coming through? And uh, yeah, great. That'll be a good. Be a and, good she, one. And, and she fought Rose Nama in the Ultimate Fighter for the the strawweight title. Remember all, yeah. all those time ago. A lot of it. Not of for the not for the title, obviously. A lot of experience, and as you said, on another night, a judge would have had her winning matches. Absolutely. I'm moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on to Englishman, our fellow UK fighter, Davy Grant who's become a bit of a striking specialist, which he wasn't famed four years ago. No, against- no. Against hot prospect Chris, a lot of people are telling Adrian Yanez, who could be, you know, uh, he won, a, he won his um, 
Dana's contender series. He won his contract through that. Just get my words out there. But Davy is obviously mm-hmm. on a three and one record at the moment, and his loss was to Marlon Vera. And you know, Marlon Vera is, you know, he's renowned. He's well known. He's just look what great, he did to Frankie Edgar. Yeah, great fighter. So that's not a bad loss, you know, at any stretch. But yeah, Chris, obviously we want Davy Grant to come through this, but it'd be tricky. Very tricky against Yanis, mate. Um, see, the problem with um, Davy Grant, you can go back to the Martinez fight, and when Martinez was finding a range with Davy Grant, he was connected with those strikes, um, and he dropped, didn't he, uh, Davy Grant, in the first round. Um, it looked like Martinez was going to take the fight from Davy Grant, but obviously the bell saved Grant. He got back in the second round, and they caught him flush with the combo, didn't he, and dropped him, knocked out Martinez. Problem is with Yanis, is I think Yanis has got a solid chin. He can take these sort of punches from Davy Grant. Um, I, but I think Yanis is going to find these holes that David Grant has because he does get caught a lot. You look at Marlon Vera fight. Um, okay, Marlon Vera is, is finding his feet now and becoming a really, really, really good fighter. Uh, so it's a, not a shame of a loss, that one. Absolutely. But he, I think he's an older man now. I think he's, is he 30, 35, 36 now, David Grant? It's quite. It's a lot of sort of wars to have. As you're getting older, and these and the Yanez, who's really pronounced as a striker, very good, he's got power as well, Stuart. I think he only, he only needs to find these holes that Grant has in the stand up, and I think he puts Grant away, sadly. I like David Grant, I like everything about David Grant, you know, not because he's British, but because the way he, he puts himself about, you know, and still going strong. He's got his restaurant, doesn't need to be in the UFC, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but he's doing so well with that. You know what I mean? Doesn't need to be there. He's making enough money out of that. Where is it? It's up in in Darlington, I assume. Where he's from? I think it's up north. Why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We might have to take. We might have to take a trip, mate. We might have to take a trip. It's a long, long old trek for us, though. Not to segue into his restaurant. Not to. uh, (laughs) Not not to segue into his business. But yeah, no. uh, But yeah, back to Davy. Sorry, yeah. No, I listen. I I like David Grant. I thought the last three fights yeah. before Marlon Vera, Marlon Vera, sorry, he was he was great. It was great to see him. You know, he's not been in the UFC for a while because of injury. He comes back and gets on his free fight win streak, and he all by knockouts. And you know, for a guy his age, all that momentum was really good. But he bumped into Marlon Vera for the second time. Obviously, don't forget he beat Marlon Vera before that, but that was many years ago. Marlon Vera, like I say, is coming to his own now. And it just, I think, you know, he took unnecessary strikes, really. He didn't, you know, he had a lot of heart in that fight. But at his age and going into wars after wars and then facing these newcomers like Yanez that are coming in and oh, crisp with their striking, like I say, Stuart, and they've got, they've got power. They find these problems that you have with your holes and they exploit them. And I think, unfortunately for David Grant, Yanez is going to exploit these holes. I don't want to say knockout because it's David Grant and I love David Grant, shirt, but I feel like it's going to be a knockout and I think it's going to probably be maybe first or second round. But I hope in my in my heart that David Grant can pull everyone out. We look forward to that as well. So yeah, two UK fighters on the card and he opens the main card, which I've had a look. I was having a look pre, pre-show, pre wasn't I, before Chris? 11pm start for the main card in the UK. So that's a, that's quite a decent... Time to be watching them, isn't it? Wait, Isaac, under the pseudonym Tyler T. Hello, lads. Only just checked in. No, glad to have you. Glad to have you on. I had a few uh, few bevies with Isaac last week. He was up from Norwich, back on the North Wales coast. So, yeah, it was good to see you, mate. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, mate. Oh, we're moving sure. on. Yeah. Are we moving on Box. to the boxing. We are moving on to the boxing, mate. We are going to move on to Demetrius Andrade. 
who defends his title against Jason Quigley, and it is on zone tomorrow night. Uh, Chris, I think roll roll the VT of the weigh-in and just the crowd reaction, because it's in Boston, it's in New England, and Demetrius Andrade is from Providence, Rhode Island, so it's not that far away from him. But yeah, the uh, crowd noise, the Irish contingent, as you'll hear in this video, was quite quite something. Yeah, no problem, sure. Let's, uh, take sorry, this sorry, mate. I've, I threw no, that. No, no. Yeah, I threw that. No, it's fine. Yeah. It's just uh, Irish community mm. in Boston. So, you know, it goes without saying. And I'm sure people have flown in as well from, from Ireland. So, yeah, we look forward to this one. And uh, he's he's a huge underdog. He's a huge underdog. There's no question of that. We saw with Andrade in his last events against Liam Williams. Liam Williams had some success in that fight. Uh, Later on, he did, yeah. But I think he is an awkward southpaw. There's no question about that with Andrade. You know, but 18 KOs from 30 victories. He's not a knockout artist per se, is he? I, I've got this. I think uh, I think it'll go the distance, but I think he'll get it on a unanimous decision. And Andrade? Well, I'm taken away from this, Stuart, and I, I know this is going to be a side one here, but uh, how long is that guy's hair? I don't know. The announcer. Oh, David Diamante. Yeah, hold on. Uh, he didn't repeat the surname like he does. You know, no. he's in the ring announcing him. He'll go... Jason Quigley, Quigley. He didn't do it in the in the weigh-ins yesterday. I was waiting. I was waiting for it because uh, it does my head in when he says the surname twice. Is that his yeah. thing? Is that is that what he does? Yeah, he just wants to sound different, you know, to Michael Buffer, Bruce Buffer, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Lemon Junior, who we know really well from the boxing from years doing the r r ring announcing. Uh, but it's like, come on, David. He's a he's a great r uh, ring announcer. I'm not knocking mm. him, but repeating the surname, as you say, it's, uh, it's that uh, hair though. Make him distinctive. I know. I know. I think I didn't realise like, it was that long. He might be a bit of an eco warrior or something. You know, he might be into that, like saving saving the planet and things of that nature. But uh, certainly yeah. whips some people. Imagine him going to like a, a heavy metal gig and bouncing his head. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He'd be whipping people at those tomorrow with that. Eddie Eddie Hearn. You know, he, he made him. He travelled. He travelled over to the UK. He was always ring announcing for the UK ones, wasn't he? And unless they had Michael Buffer in. Obviously, for the big title fights with Josh, oh, yeah, yeah, he'd, yeah. he'd do the main event, wouldn't he? But yeah, I can't see past Andrade in this. I think he's too slick. I think it's that southpaw. He's he's awkward with the southpaw. He's awkward as many southpaws are. But, yeah, you know, yeah. J Jason Quigley. I'm sure it'll be you know it'll be brought on by the crowd, and there'll be a lot of passion and a lot of fire from the lad. But he's a lot lower down the rankings, as we said off camera. But you said, are people available? You know, you put that to me, didn't you? Yeah, but it could um, possibly be that way. He's ranked. He's ranked tenth in the in the WBO. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a big big test for him. But look, Liam Williams had success himself, didn't he? I think you've got to come at him. But he can box. He can box well uh, defensively, Andrade, as we've seen. Mm -hmm. So one to watch, Stuart. Absolutely, absolutely. And that is tonight, by the way. It's one a.m. a one a.m. start here in the UK for the main card. I think that'll be. Uh, so yeah, on the zone. Matchroom, Eddie Hearns, Matchroom going full force on the zone. And I think to close out, Chris, are we moving on to the pound for pound best in boxing? Yep. Yeah, yes, we, are. we are. Now, I was a bit shocked by this because there's been talk about him going up from super middle to light heavyweight. Now, we know he fought Sergey Kovalev in 2019 at mm. light heavy and won the title and won the title. But I thought there's unfinished business. People are calling him out. He's getting called out in all the divisions. It, you know, even Andrade wants him at middleweight. There's no money fight, though, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. No one, no one will pull in the money, you know, like like him. That's just that's a given. They all want him. But cruiserweight, Chris, two hundred pounds. So you think he, he's like 100, 168, isn't he, at super middle against Macabu, who is nine and oh since losing to Tony Bellew in twenty sixteen at Goodison Park. But um, yeah, it's the next. It looks like he's going up. He's going right the way up to cruiser next May. What do you I think? Can't, like- I didn't see that coming. Um, you know, we've spoken no. quite a lot about um I, I was shocked. Canelo. I was I was shocked I'm the same as you, mate. I saw uh, Rom. Rom posted it on Facebook actually, and uh, that's where I saw the obviously the announcement that he's going up to cruiserweight to face McCarby. And I was like, that's quite a big jump from middleweight well, I'm looking at terms, like I'm, I'm assuming it's the same, isn't it? Uh, how many pounds is he putting on shoot from middleweight to cruiser? I think they got it's either one ninety or two hundred. It's got to be. I, I would say I think it is two hundred from cruiserweight, but that's a hell of a golf between that and light heavy because they're one seven five at light heavy. It might be one ninety. It might be one ninety. You know, it's either one ninety or two hundred. Cruiser. Maybe he's, uh, he's setting this up because uh, isn't Jake Paul a cruiserweight? Joking, <laughs> joking, joking. <laughs> joking. Uh, um, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me though, Stuart. Um, yeah, I just like there's some big lads up there, Stuart Cruiserweight. Yeah. Bradis, Akoli, you know, Acoli, to yeah. to, they class Bradis as the best, don't they, since Usyk moved up from there. But, you know, Usyk, Usyk hammered Bradis. But, yeah, Maris Bradis, he's got a lot of experience not knocking him. You know, he's a fantastic boxer. Uh, I, I still maintain, we, we've bigged up Akoli. We're going to because he's... Yeah, I like Akoli. I think Akoli is the the big problem. But then you get Canelo in there, Chris, at five foot nine. And uh, he's going to put that weight on, and I think he's going to be just as destructive. I just, yeah, you th- and do you think how much power he's going to bring with yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going up a weight as well. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be awkward for the big guys. You know what I mean? As we see with people who've like obviously uh, huge like Joshua, and they fought smaller guys, and having to punch down Stewart, it's more difficult for a bigger guy. Uh, it can be at times, sorry, because obviously Usyk made that difference when they fought Joshua himself. But, you know, Canelo's absolutely one of the best boxers in the world. He's the GOAT. But the way he can get inside these big guys, Stuart, and load those power up at Cruiserweight, it's quite fascinating to see what he is, you know, what will he do if he beats Makabu? Does he stay at Cruiserweight and carry on getting the belts there? Because I assume if he's gone up a weight, does he drop all his belts at middleweight? I, I presume they go, Chris. If he's going to go in there and do that, I don't. I think. I think he would. I think he would if he's going to go through through the weights to get up there. Um, everyone's looking. Everyone's looking at um, looking past David Benavidez as well. You know, he's mm. meant to fight him at super middle, uh, but obviously that that it doesn't look like that's happening. Uh, hello, Carnage Pain. How are you, mate? How are things? Hope you are well. Is Ben Junior a new bank junior this weekend? No. Uh, Eubank Junior is on December the 11th on Sky Sports here in the UK. Boxer, isn't it? And Ben, Ben is the following week, isn't he, Chris? Remember when we we broke it, didn't we? Him and yeah. Katie, him and Katie Taylor, obviously still under the matchroom umbrella with Eddie Hearn, so that's on the zone. So yeah, December the 11th for Eubank Junior and Liam Williams, our fellow Welshman, and uh, yeah, Connor Ben the following week. Good fight that against uh, Chris Algieri. Which, yeah, absolutely. He might win at Cruiser if the speed's still there. But the power of those guys and those guys in Cruiser are still quite fantastic as well and fast. 
Fastness, Fastness, fantastic. I think he's that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, Listen, I, think, I, I think he's, I think he's a problem for them all, a Coley included. If if it came to that, that he wants to be in there and unify, which you've got to, it you've makes got to it, think it, he wants to unify. You've got to think of sorry for these cruiserweights, though. You know, I mean, if he is still as good as what Rum says, the speed's still there, and obviously the power's just going to get worse. You know, well, worse, but you know, I mean, worse for the fighters he's against. They must be thinking, oh, you know, no Canelo, just go down to light heavyweight. Why do you need to come up here? Um, it's fascinating to see where he's going to go with this shirt. And McCarby, if he does want to carry on, I've got to be fair to McCarby. I know we um, alluded to it earlier. He's he's won nine since losing to Tony Bellew as well. Brett Thomas, good evening. I've only just got out of hospital today. Been in for the last two weeks as I passed out of work. Oh, sorry to hear that, Brett. Hope yeah. you're all right. Dehydration. Yeah, you've got to get the water down your mate. I, I do in work, mate. I, I get bottles and bottles of water down me all day. But I'm glad. I hope you're recuperating. I'm okay now. Glad to be home. I couldn't do much in the... Is there another, uh, another bit? No, after? yeah. yeah. Maybe he's still typing. Oh, Brett, it's good, to, it's good to hear you're okay, mate. Um, yeah, keep drinking that water. Or yeah. in my case, have a, have a lager. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that, no, that'll just dehydrate yeah. your favour. No, um, it's good to, hear, good to hear that you're okay. Um, you know, hope you get better, Brett. Hope Canelo fights Benavidez. That's going to be a banger. Yeah, he'd have to go back. He's going to have to go back to super middle to fight him. Absolutely. I can't, can't wait now for Jake to knock down Tommy and then Logan take down Tyson. Uh, well, Brett, unfortunately, mate, I'm declining to comment until we're closer to the Tommy and Jake <laughs> fight. Um, I, but at the same time, as you know, I've got my feelings. Shoot's got his, but I don't really. Again, we, I've said this the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't want to sort of break down that fight until we get there because we've got so much to talk about and I don't want to waste it now. Absolutely. Um, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be understand that, Brett. We'll talk about Tommy and Jake when we're a bit closer to time. Brett, and I'll... to be to be fair to Brett, to be fair, Brett, I will probably get up for Tommy and Jake, Paul. Believe it or not, I will get. I'll be watching it live. Can you what believe it, Brett? Can, what can time you... are you thinking that's going to be? Where Where is it? Is it? Are they doing it? Is it? Is he doing Florida? It isn't it? Right. Okay. It'll be I'm like, not... it, they'll probably do it like three in the morning, won't they? They'll probably fight if it's on the East Coast, like East Coast time. But, um, Brett, uh, we will break this fight down, I, I promise you, mate, and we'll do it proper. But uh, I don't want to sort of sp- waste any of my time on it yet, because we obviously need to do it both counter each other. So it'll be quite interesting yeah. when we get to that absolutely. week. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, we look forward to that. Thank you, Brett, for your comments. I'm glad you're better. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, you. Not a problem, mate. No problem, just get the water down you. You've got to listen to yeah. the doctors. Listen to the doctors and that, man, and just make sure you're drinking. I can't wait for that episode. <laughs> there you go, Chris. Oh, happy with that. It's going to bang, mate, because it's going to bang that episode, I tell you. I'm going to watch that fight as well. We're yeah. all in it. Yeah, we'll all be up watching that one, which I don't normally get up to watch them fight, but yeah, I will do. Tampa Florida, Hard Rock. Uh, no, it's not Hard Rock, actually. I'm assuming, I'm assuming um, it'll be at the arena. I don't think it'll be at the Tampa Bay Buccane- uh, Buccaneers American Football Stadium. Actually, I think it is at the arena, you know, Stuart. I'm sure yeah, they said right, that. Okay. Um, it'll be at, uh, I can't think of the name of the Tampa arena. You had one of the wrestlers, uh, I can't remember what his name is, uh, uh, a black fellow who did the first sort of conference, but Tyson and Tommy were through, uh, st- were through Skype, I think, or Zoom, and Jake right. Paul was actually there. It was quite... Um, all over the place because obviously the, the sort of internet con- connection with Tommy and Tyson via st- uh, Zoom was shit. So every time they were talking, it was like, <laughs> eh, 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 eh. 
but I can't remember which wrestler it was, but they had a WWE wrestler there. Um, big, big black guy. Um, big. Was uh, it? It wasn't that Oh Moss, was it? Who's with AJ? No, actually, the big guy. The one fell who was coming down for the Royal Rumble in um. In, oh, it Titus. Bat- Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil's in him. Was it? All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, Any more? Anything else? Anything else from the comments, Chris? Mate, I'll be up for that fight too. There we go. It's unanimous, Brett. Hey, look at this, Stuart, Brett. Stuart. Getting a... I know why don't we do a live for Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul? Just that one fight. We'll go live for that one fight. Because my miss, my missus will be in bed and she'll be able to hear me fucking going ballistic. I, 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 I think it was the same arena as last WrestleMania. Right, well, it'll be Tampa Bay Buccane- Buccaneers Stadium. Get it out. Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, Raymond James, Raymond James Stadium, which is pretty big See, for that. Rom's, Rom says it's a good idea. Rom, Rom will get, Rom will get it. Rom will get it with you and do it. Absolutely. Um, I'll just type. I'll just type to you as it's going on. But uh, yeah. Also, special mention to Kiko Martinez at Super Featherweight last weekend as well, Chris, because we previewed oh, against it. Oh, Kid Galahad. Yeah. Kid Galahad. Um, I, I just felt, I thought Kid, Gall- Kid Galahad's going to be all right here. And obviously we said, didn't we, prior, Martinez was not expected to do anything. You know, he's 35 now. He was, he's was he been world champion for years and uh, a bad, bad knockdown in the fifth. And uh, I, I blame Brendan Ingle in the corner, allowing um, Kid Galahad to come back out. Because, you know, when the ref went, you know, lift your gloves up, make sure you're you yeah, yeah. all right. Why they sent him out for the sixth, I don't know. It, his head was still gone. Um, sent him back out and it was just de- yeah, but, devastating. And but but you hear about this, the ship. Some fighters like to go out on the shield. Always the healthiest things to do. No, but no. you you being the coach and you tell your fighter right, we're stopping it. And you know, I mean, you're getting the flack, even though I feel sometimes, oh, actually, most of the time, it's probably the right idea to pull your fighter out because it's saving their life. But the, you know, these fighters this day and age do want to go out on the shield. Look at Dante Wilder. Um, you know, when you go from the second fight. And he wanted to go out in the shield. And in the third fight, you know, he did go out in the shield. Maybe not the best for your brain cells, but this is what a warrior type is what what you know what it's like, isn't it? I want to be knocked out if I'm gonna lose. I just just felt for years, you know, Brendan Ingle is has been in the he's been cornering, he's trained these guys for years out of Sheffield, you know, Yorkshire area. I think because of the experience he's got you know, being in the corner, I just mm. felt he should have he shouldn't have you shouldn't allow that. The, the towel should have come in. The towel should have come in. But that's that. It, it did happen. He came out for the sixth, and uh, not taken away from Kiko Martinez because a lot of people were downplaying him, and uh, you know at, at their peril, myself included, because I, I thought yeah. Galahad was going to beat him. But yeah, fantastic for Kiko Martinez. I wonder. I think there'll be a rematch. Stewie, it's the Amelie Arena, but still in Tampa. Yes, yeah, so it's at the arena. It's not at the NFL Stadium. They wouldn't. They wouldn't sell enough tickets. They wouldn't. Uh, no disrespect, like. They they wouldn't do sixty seventy thousand for that. That's right, you know. But but regard to that, regard to that fight, Stuart. Let's have no more fury, Paul, until we 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 get closer to <laughs> it. Yeah, and that's 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 no knock on anybody who wants to talk about it, and you're free to speak about it. I just feel like there's just going to be so much interesting shit to talk about going up and leading, and the breakdown with Stuart. You're the boxing side, and I I I'm swaying towards the social media side. I just think it's a great dynamic, and with Brett, the way he feels. I just Absolutely. want to sort of, Absolutely. I don't want to exhaust it now and get to the week of the fight and we've got nothing to talk about. Chris, I think it's perfect to close out as well now. Yeah, as you said, Fury and Paul, we will be, yeah, they'll be extensively covered leading up. Absolutely. Chris, socials, where can they find you? Where can everyone find you? The viewers and the listeners, because we've got our podcast crew as well these days. 
Actually, Stuart, that makes me think I forgot to put this up here. Uh, there you there go. go. There um, you go. Cross the bottom there. Um, obviously, in the description below for all our YouTube videos now, there are the links for Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find us on all podcast areas. Um, you can also find us both on Big Fight Weekly, Powered for Big Fight Weekly on Facebook. We are always posting me and Stuart on there. If it's just clips of this week's or last week's or just any areas of boxing and MMA we, we see, like breaking news, we'll post it in there. So feel free to like us and join and subscribe to that channel. And, you know, and if you've got other comments you want to talk about after the show, you can always post them in there. I mean, Stuart will happily obviously join in and have a good conversation. Yeah. But obviously, if you want to find myself, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Hume. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Fandhume86. At and again, like I say, you can find me on Powered for Big Fight Weekly Facebook page. Come find. You can find me at Stu's Wrestling Podcast as well. So yeah, latest episode, RGT85, YouTube channel, video game, content creator. He's got a massive following. A huge pro wrestling fan as well. So we talked about gaming. I am absolutely oblivious with modern gaming. Chris would laugh. So I was kind of I like am. geared... I was geared towards, like, you know, the questions of RGT, learned some good stuff about modern stuff that's going on with consoles and things of that nature. But we did talk about the old wrestling games as well, uh, specifically N64, WCW versus NWO Revenge, a game that we rented from Blockbuster, and I decided I yeah, didn't I like remember. it, Chris. And then everyone played it after, and I loved it, so I made a mistake there. And WWF No Mercy as well. Yeah, but you you forgot WrestleMania two thousand as well. No, no, I know. I think he was he, he was kind of like saying about No Mercy, but I'm sure you know you can't leave WrestleMania two thousand out. You're right. You're absolutely right. Do you remember that game, Stuart? Though when you did the career mode, I know we want. I'll, I'll make this short, but um, how hard the the computer the uh, NI was. They always reversed everything. If you remember rightly, on WrestleMania two thousand, yeah, yeah. every every yeah. time you, re- I, I broke so many controllers for doing that. You know, Oof. but I love the game, Stuart. You sent me clips of the, the conversations you had with the gaming and uh, everyone who's watching us currently, once Stuart puts this uh, episode out, you must listen to it because it's really, really good. RGT is well-versed with pro wrestling as well, I've got to be fair to the guy. We, we covered AEW, uh, we, we looked at how NXT has changed, you know, the way the set's changed. Vince got his mucky paws on it. I, I don't like, I like NXT the old way, but I'm just, a, you know, a purist of the old school NXT. Let's play some games. There we go, Ramel. I'll sort you out, Ramel. I'll sort you out. Shoot hasn't got a console. No, no, I'm just totally... The only thing I could do is do it from my laptop. I don't think it's powerful enough. So, yes, this has been Powered4.tv, Big Fight Weekly, episode 39. And also, before we go, you can sign up to Powered4.tv. More and more promotions coming on board. FNW is on as well, another UK one. Getting a lot of uh, buzz around them. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of exciting news coming up into 2022 with Powerful.tv as well. There's events coming up which will be released in due course. But yes, yeah, $7.99 a month. And it's everything. You get everything. You're not just, you know, going on to one promotion. You get various promotions. So yeah, just get that plug in there. But yes, I have been Stuart Palmer with my co-host and cousin Chris Hume. And this has been episode 39 of Powerful.tv back. Dag, Big Fight Weekly? Big Fight Weekly! <laughs> back, back, back Fight Weekly. Right, okay, yeah. Big <laughs> Fight Weekly. This is what happens when you go live, you see. This is what happens, but yeah. We, we, will, we will see you either Monday or Tuesday next week as well for episode 40. It's been a pleasure. Big 40.
the big four. See you next week. Take care. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.